And you are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You are joined by myself, Lawson, my amazing co-host, Matt. And we are going to have another question for the quiz. We are. Now, this question is, what quality did Timothy, Timothy that his grandmother and mother also had? Mm, Okay, so... There was a equality that Timothy, Timothy had. You could say maybe a maybe a virtue, you know, something like this that his grandmother and mother also had. There's a hint there as well. It is, and we find our hint in Second Timothy chapter one verse five. Mm-hmm. Second Timothy chapter one verse five. And the question is, what quality did Timothy that also his grandmother and mother also had? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hint is in Second Timothy chapter one verse five. Yeah, if you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Our prize for this week: the amazing unveiling the kings of Israel, revealing the Bible's archaeological history. Epic, epic book that we want to give to you absolutely for free. You can win it. Uh, if you, hey, we spin the wheel. It's random. Like, it's a random draw. We spin the wheel. Your name can be drawn out. In fact, our winner from last week won from a single entry. But the more answers you get correct, the more chances you have in the quiz. Right. So 0491-064-669, that is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, there'll be another draw or another chance that you'll have in our draw to win. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Gosford this morning. Hey, Gosford. Gosford, Gossy down on the Central Coast. I've spent a little bit of time with Gosford in my life. I've been down there to the church. I used to go down there a lot when I was younger because there's like a motorbike track down there and we go and hang out in, in Gosford cool. and go ride bikes, that kind of thing. Uh, when I was growing up, but, but yeah, Gosford, beautiful place in the world. Like I, 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 well, actually one of the, one of the ways in which I most, um, interact with the central coast is like on the train ride from, from Newcastle to Sydney. And when the train loops there through the, uh, through central coast, it's just like beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and there are amazing people down in Gosford too. In fact, we've got a, a text message here from Donna. She says, uh, thanks for the Gosford shout out, Lawson. We loved having you to share with us. Um, thank you for blessing. That was, that was, uh, a, a reference to when I was there earlier this year. And, and oh. they took, they actually took an offering for Faith FM, uh, to, to support the station, which was just awesome of those guys to do. Oh, I really you. enjoy the breakfast show. Um, uh, you're doing, you guys are doing such an awesome job. All all the best for Canberra as well. So very soon, actually, we're going to be a number of our Faith FM presenters. We're going to be heading down to Canberra to present there. I believe it's on the weekend of the 17th of November. Uh, whichever weekend that is, around that 17th date, we are going to be down there in Canberra myself, Lloyd Grohlman, the Aussie pastor, and Robbie Bergen, our content manager, and also the presenter on the Faith Experiment. We're going to be down there having a regional day, sharing and presenting about Faith FM, the work that we're doing, how you can interact with Faith FM, how you can actually use Faith FM to reach people as well. Maybe you, all of those things sound interesting to you and you are in the Canberra area or, you know, the surrounding regions mate you got to make your way up to canberra and the church is there and if you give us a text here at 0491-064-669 we can send information about that to you as well as well as heading over to faithfm.com.au and clicking on you know the events tab and you'll be able to see what we are doing there hey we also have a text message from suzanne she says huge encouragement 
Thanks to our Christian schools and teachers in particular, our teachers need our support and prayers in their important ministry. And this is something we wholeheartedly agree with here at Faith FM. And we've actually, on the breakfast show before, had the discussion regarding Christian schools versus secular schools and, like, where is best to send your children. And we have had perspective shared with us that it's been great for uh, Christian children to be sent to non-Christian schools so they can be a witness in those schools. From the other side, and I, I know that I can personally attest growing up, and I, I went to a really fantastic Christian high school, even though I didn't come from a Christian background. And I was so blessed. Like, I, I, I think that the spirituality of the school, the spirituality of the teachers and whatnot, it really positively influenced me. Like, I, I didn't be, I end up becoming a Christian until I had been out of schools for a school for a number of years. But the impression that it left on me as to, who Christians were, what Christianity was about, was incredibly positive. And so it's a ministry as well as it's it's a blessing to the Christian students too. And I think definitely here praying for Christian teachers. Teaching is like one of the most in-demand uh, occupations that there is in terms of, of schools themselves. Like there are, I just know so many people at my uni are going through teaching now because of how many special deals and offers there are. They're like, hey, if you come and do teaching, you know, like it's basically jo- job secured. Like like you're, you're, set. you're set if you go and do teaching and they're like, hey, we'll give you $500 off your degree or $1,000 off your degree or whatever it may be if you come and do teaching uh that that's that's what's being offered there and that's because it's so in demand and so it's particularly for christian teachers maybe you maybe you're a young person or thinking about changing career into teaching as well and and yeah it is an amazing ministry and it's awesome to see toronto adventist school saying hey we want to provide an education that is like statistically excellent like to say we want a nature-based program because it's fantastic for children and it's great for their brains and it's awesome that they can learn in this environment but furthermore as well we want them to to excel academically and to know jesus i love their values those three yeah. values what was it a seek seek grow, grow share share fantastic. oh man like this is this is straight out of like the the discipleship play playbook right there you know they're really enabling children to be able to to seek after the lord and again in in the context of a school environment too which for me coming from a secular background and going to a christian school like it was a very very christian but at the same time like you know, I, I, I was there, I was blessed by it, and I was free to make my own decisions, to look at it in a free and open way, but to have those perspectives shared with me, it was only a positive thing. I, I really believe that it was in no way negative. I think that potentially there are Christian schools who could take the wrong steps and do the wrong things and, you know, portray an incorrect picture of God or mm. treat children the wrong way, whatever it may be. Like, that, that can happen at any school. Yes. Um, but I think that a, a Christian-based school that is really living up to the counsel of the Bible, as well as just you know d- decency and and the uh, the the standards you know that are set for education here in Australia, like it is just such a blessing. That's so awesome. Uh, we've got another we've got an interesting text here from Freco. He writes, "In education should be free in our country, whatever the level." You know, I would like that to be true. Uh, I would I would like free education. I mean, these. At the same time, like the reality is, is that these institutions in some way need to be supported. So whether it's uh, a, these institutions not taking, uh, uh, well, like I think of first, I think of a school like Toronto Adventist School, um, like, oh yeah, like 
for them to not have school fees. Then there would need to be something from the outside supporting them. Same for like, well, public schools are a lot cheaper because they're supported by the government. Um, when it comes to like, you know, high level education, uh, tertiary education, that's when, you know, the, re- the real fees kick in, uh, the, the big time school fees kick in and, and the, the course fees and whatnot. I guess that's where we're blessed, isn't it? With the, uh, the choices that we have between government education and private. Yeah, um, that's right. And, and that like, I, I go to a private university, uh, but there, I still have the ability to get you know, hex debt and which again, to be in debt, isn't the greatest thing, but given the hex system, it's, it's a lot, it's le- very much less cumbersome than being in the United States mm. and the system over there and, and taking on student loans and whatnot. Like I haven't had to do any of those things. Of course. Yes. Hex is a loan. I understand. Hex is a loan. Hex is a debt. It's tied to my name. I'm going to have to pay it for the rest of my life, but at least, you know, I'm not, I've got, I haven't got like the, the 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 debt collector chasing me down like threatening to take my house or my car or whatever it may be because I've defaulted on my on my student loan so yeah I mean at the same time I'd love to throw back to to what what was it like Whitlam days or whatever it may be where it's like oh education is completely free get my degree free have no debt you know whatever it may be but hey we're in a we're in a decent situation such as life you know and at least the schools are able to run. Look, we've talked a lot about education, talked a lot about school. I feel like I've just talked a lot, Matt, you know, and I guess that's my job. That's what we're we're doing here on Faith FM. It's a a great plug. Hey, it's, it's, it's a pleasure. It's awesome to be here. But now we're transitioning into... To the Bible, to talking about, well, our focus character for this week. We looked at Abraham last week. Now we have transitioned and we are looking particularly at the character of Jonah, his story, to try and get some understandings or maybe some excuses. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Connect with us on 0491-064-669. And of course, these excuses come in the way of excuses to avoid mission. This is our greater overarching topic. And we are looking at the story of Jonah. Before we get into the story of Jonah, actually, I just want to quickly ask you, Matt. Yeah, gladly. You are studying ministry at the moment and you're working in some capacities, you know, involved in some ministries and churches and whatnot. Yeah. Studying ministry myself. Have you ever felt unequipped? Absolutely, I have many, many times too. More than, <laughs> more than once, and more than a lack of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like feeling unequipped in regards to doing the work of God, and we talked about this in the last couple of weeks, particularly with Abraham as well, and even before then. Like feeling unequipped is, I think, almost the natural feeling. Yes, that comes with doing ministry. I think it's less people feel like, like, like you could have the perspective in terms of a wrong perspective, like being overly arrogant and being like, Oh, yep, all this revolves around me and whatnot. And we see that, that spirit manifest in, you know, mega churches and when it revolves around cult of personalities and, and I think of, you know, those kinds of, uh, those, those kinds of mega church pastors and whatnot where it just really revolves around them and there's lots of arrogance there and, and then there's lots of scandals that come out and it turns out that this person, you know, isn't really about the faith that they claim to, 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 to represent and even the faith that they claim to represent, you know, a lot of it could be categorized as prosperity gospel and, and very narcissistic preaching, this kind of thing. I feel like that is often rarer 
that th- that's what you see in ministry. Like it, the, for those people, like that that's what you see of people of being overly arrogant, so they step into the ministry work, and it either leads to kind of narcissistic mega churches, or it leads to like you know failure because people are you know maybe get too arrogant and and fail in some kind of way and get discouraged and whatnot. But I feel like often the case is that people feel unequipped. And they feel as though, oh, I just, I can't do this, you know. Like, I, I just don't have the ability to do this. I've got a very relevant story to share to give weight to that. Lawson, for instance, my first year at uni, mm-hmm. um, at 2018, it was actually known as Avondale College before it got called Avondale University. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> check this out. I was living in Morissette. Classic. We had no internet cable. Uh-huh. So that means I couldn't use my computer at home. Yeah. So I would use the library till closing time, which is about, I think it was 11... Uh, 10 p.m. PM. Or oh, 10 p.m.? 10 p.m. Oh, I know it's 10 p.m. now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was 11 at that time. Oh, that's right. I'm talking about uh, Mad May when they would increase it. Uh, way oh, later, true. Later uh, oh, I wish they still did that now. Yeah. I, I would love to stay in the library till 11. I mean, mate, <laughs> 10 o'clock, I'm there. You know, you hear them calling out over the intercom like, uh, the library is closing in 45 <laughs> minutes and then the library is closing in 30, then 15, you know, and then yeah, 10 p.m. Buckets. 10 p.m. they're like, get out please like whatever it may be yeah you're in there getting it done getting it done and i didn't have a well a laptop was given to me uh-huh. i went to use it didn't work oh, so i had to ask uh, any of my student friends that were there studying alongside us if they had a spare laptop and they did mm-hmm. um, but it was very oh, slow nice. now um i was doing a bridging course uh, uh through david potter and it was general studies and now what happened was i just just passed um, mm. that year. And I remember going down to the swing bridge down there in Avondale mm-hmm. and having a heart-to-heart talk saying, Lord, I felt called here, but wow. I don't know what you're doing with me. I'm wow. just scraping by mm. and I need to know, did you really mean for me to come to Avondale? So mm. a lot of fears there, absolutely. Yeah, so you're, you, you had felt in a sense again, because of the challenge that was before you in the call to ministry. And, and those challenges manifest themselves in many ways. And, and in, at many times in life, it's like before you that, oh, hey, this is, this is the challenge I have to, for you in your particular situation, it was the schooling. I mean, I can literally like wholeheartedly de- agree with, with that struggle of, Oh man, like, can I really do this? Like, st- the study is tough. And, and maybe, maybe, hey, maybe you've, you're listening this morning, you've done a theology degree, you're like, oh, that was, that was easy, that was simple as. But at the same time, I kind of like, when I look around at like my fellow students, like whether it's teaching or whether it's, you know, the, the you know, other, other degrees, I feel like they spend a lot less time in the library than, <laughs> than, than, just the, naturally than, than the theology students. Yeah. Like, and either maybe they're all just smarter than us, but I just know like the theology degree, you know, the, it's, particularly when it comes to like the language units, like the, the study load there, but then as well, um, you know, writing all the essays and whatnot, very literature-based degree. And I'm not just sitting here complaining, but my point is, is like, it's tough, man. It's like, for us, you know, we can reflect in terms of like feeling unequipped. Like, that's my definitely my present struggle as well. I got an interesting statistic to share regarding the success rate of theology students. Now, compared to the past, you know, we're talking about maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. the success rate was higher. This is the reason, because the academic weight was about 30, 30% or something mm-hmm. around there. The practical was 70%. Mm-hmm. Now, Avondale today, university, it's heavily academic. It's about yeah. 70, 80%. Yeah, well, the, you know, theology schools in general have seen that shift. Yes. 
towards the the academic. And I think that there there's plenty to learn in the classroom. And I think that you know the the academic information, you know, most of which being incredibly valuable. And I feel as though you know, in every degree, like I I have, I have a friend who is a speech pathologist, and whenever they reflect on their time doing speech pathology, they they talk about like it's like they had to do statistics, yes. which is a which is a I think all the health sciences and whatnot, and but then as well, like computer science and whatnot, have to do statistics. They're like, I'm a speech pathologist. Like, why do I have to do statistics? And then it's like, I never have to use statistics ever. And there's there's you know units in maybe every degree that are you could potentially see as as you know not beneficial and whatnot. But yeah, it's the reality is it's like well, I again maybe maybe we're we're we've got this bit of a moment of catharsis for us because our our <laughs> present struggle is is education, mm-hmm. but in the call to follow Jesus to be his disciple to be used by him for all people, there are those moments where it feels as though, hey, like this is a calling that in in fact yeah for, for every single follower of christ this calling that God has given me is outside of my capacity. And this was a very real concern for Jonah. Jonah, as we said earlier, was called to go and share a message with the Ninevites, uh, with those in Nineveh in the kingdom of Assyria. In fact, do you want to read for us Jonah chapter 1? If you can get Jonah chapter 1 and read verse 1. Gladly. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Imitai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Mm. Okay, so the calling here. Go to Nineveh, tell them they're wicked, that, that's, 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 and tell them to repent. Like, tell them, hey, cry out against them, tell them they're wicked, and tell them to repent. Like, quite, it's quite a dangerous call. It's like being called to go to North Korea. Yeah, and this is the huge point. Like, we saw yesterday the kind of nation that Assyria was. Like, it was this empire that was incredibly brutal. Um, it was working at the time. It was one of the, the great empires in the known world in the ancient Near East at the time, kind of battling themselves and, and Babylon and Egypt, you know, the other, the other, uh, the other nations that were around at the time. And they would like put billboards up all over the ancient Near East of them torturing nobility from other nations as like a sign that like, hey, we're pretty legit. Like basically they ruled through an iron fist yeah. of fear. Now, Jonah, we actually see mentioned other parts of the Bible and he's been working as a prophet in the kingdom of Israel. And he has been essentially helping this micro nation stave off the, the, the tax from from the Assyrians and actually regaining back some land. Like Jonah has been a bit successful, but like as a prophet from the comfort of Israel itself. And so he's been working against the big bad enemy up until this point of Nineveh, like this, this huge power that it seemingly at any moment could come and just swallow up Israel and destroy them and take their nobility captive and kill everyone. Like they have been, by the grace of God, Jonah has been working as a prophet to help and to enable Israel to stay afloat, essentially. And now the call comes to him, go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. 
Just walk in there and tell them all to repent because they're evil and wicked. Yeah. Like, that would be incredibly confronting uh, and and difficult from the outset. Like, again, as you said, North Korea or, if you know, if we were just to, to walk into to any of these countries. China. China, Palestine, like Israel, like, like any – Russia, any of these big countries in conflict that maybe on the more aggressive side, like North Korea, just tell them to stop. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Having a little bit of a conversation about music. I, I got to play in a, a bit of a music thingy last night. It was like a student concert that they do down at Avondale. And, uh, mate, and it was great. Stayed up late, but we're here. We're getting it done this morning in The Breakfast Show studio here on Faith FM. And we are going to have our next question or our final question for the quiz for today, if you can get that for us. It's fill in the blank, I believe. It is. So it says here, the blank of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Mm-hmm. Are the blanks the true sayings? Quiet words, harsh rebukes, or silent prayers? Now there's a reference here, biblically, it's Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 17. Mm. Ah, interesting. Okay, the blank, well, I think it's blank, blank. The blank, blank of the wise are to be more heeded than the shouts of ruling fools. Are the blank, blanks, the the blanks, uh, the true sayings, quiet words, harsh rebukes, or silent prayers. Oh, so it's multiple choice here. So are the blanks true sayings? A, true sayings, B, quiet words, C, harsh rebukes, or D, silent prayers. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 17. So, again, the blank blanks of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of the rulers of the ruler of fools. Is it true sayings, quiet words, harsh rebukes, or silent prayers? 0491-064-669. What is our prize for this week? Our prize is unveiling the kings of Israel. That's unveiling the kings of Israel. And it's looking at the important biblical archaeology that proves the Bible that we have today, as well as other relics looking at the ancient kings of Israel as well. Mm, Epic. Amazing. Hey, you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we're continuing on with our Bible study uh, regarding, well, Jonah and his fear to do what the Lord had called him. Now, he's called here, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city cried against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. What was Jonah's response? Well, it says here in verse 3, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Mm, okay, do you know where Tarshish is? I just know it's south and north. Yeah, so Tarshish, like ancient Tarshish, is basically in modern-day Spain. Okay. So it, we are talking about um, the the most western area possible for someone to go um, from 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 Israel. Like, if someone wanted to go to the... the it, it was, it was, yeah, it was the most western area in the known world. They, they didn't think that there was anything past the sea west of Spain. Like, like you've got Spain and Portugal there, and and west of there, like they're like, no, nah, that that's it. That is the end of the world. Like for 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 those who subscribe to you know the 
a flat earth of the time, mm-hmm. which was most of the ancient world, their perspective would have been that, like, they would fall off the world, like, if they kept going west of Spain. Like, and his perspective for Jonah, he is so afraid of this call from God that he says, well, instead of going to, you know, to Nineveh, I'm just going to leave. Like, I'm going to get as far away from this place as I possibly can. Now, how does this work out for Jonah? Like, is he, is he able to, to get out? Well, it sounds like he, instead of heeding the divine call from his boss, which is God, mm-hmm. he is acting on his own kind of convictions. It, it could be personal or reasons. In- instincts, right? Yeah, instincts. Like, like he, he just, he's afraid of the call. He, yeah. And he says, hey, this isn't something I want to do I, for, for a number of reasons. Firstly, it probably would have been scary. Yeah. Secondly, like to go and to support the enemy here. Like talk about the, the divide, you know, like of I have been actively working to thwart the plans of those in Nineveh from attacking and killing my people. And now I'm called to go and get them to repent, mm-hmm. you know, like I think there would also be some conflict of, Hey, I like, I don't want to go and help the, the Nineveh. I don't want to go and help the Assyrians. Like I, I, I don't want anything to do with these people. Like they're the enemies of God. Like they're the enemies of my countrymen who have been killed or slaughtered as a result of, of these, of this nation. I don't want to, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go there. So, yeah, he's feeling like a double agent. And, yeah, and <laughs> potentially. There's a fear. There'll be a fear of hopefully he might be successful yeah. in, in getting them to change their hearts. Well, we then see the story unfold from there. Would you be able to pick it up for us in verse 4 and just continue to read on through? Yeah, gladly. It says, he, But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. Then the mariners were afraid, and every man cried out to his God. And threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down, and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Mm. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. What's interesting, he says, I fear the Lord. Mm. If, you know, usually when you, you hear the word, I fear the Lord, it means you respect God reverently. Almost at a point you have full obeisance and you subject to him. Yeah, that's right. I think as well, like it's an inference potentially to his line of work. The question here is, what is your occupation? And, you know, someone who fears the Lord and potentially the language there is getting at, like they, they would have colloquially known that someone who claims to fear the Lord was a prophet of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, well, this guy claims, he's like, yeah, I'm a prophet of Yahweh, uh, the, the Lord, uh, you know, the God of the Hebrews, and the lot has fallen on him. They've seen this tempest. They've seen this storm. And, well, their response here in verse 10, it says, the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? 
For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Um, and they said to him, What shall we do that the sea may calm us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, <laughs> and the sea will be more calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is actually because of me. Yeah. Uh, and he he sees here, he he, he sees... Potentially the reality of his situation here, he sees. Wow, okay, like maybe I can't run run from this call. Maybe, but furthermore, like to stop him from from running away from this call that he is currently afraid of, like God stirring up the sea. It, it's it's quite a miracle uh, that God is doing here. And actually, when we turn over to chapter 2, mm-hmm. and when we read some of the verses there, would you be able to read for us verse 2 and 3 of chapter 2? Yeah, this is after Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he mm-hmm. said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, or the grave, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Mm. So this by this point, Jonah, the famous aspect of his story, he's been swallowed up by the fish. Uh, he's been chucked over the side. It's like at this point, Jonah's like, oh, I'm just going to sink to the bottom of the sea and die. Uh, but, <laughs> but he gets swallowed up by this fish, you know, miraculously, this huge big fish, and he's in its stomach. And all of a sudden, this shift happens in Jonah's perspective. Up until this point, he's afraid. He's like, I don't want to go to Nineveh because I might potentially die or, you know, helping the enemies of God, whatever it may be. And there has been a shift in his perspective all of a sudden where it's like, wait, I called out to the Lord because of my affliction. And actually, he answered me. From the depths of Sheol, from the depths of despair, he rescued me. Yeah, what I find interesting here, Lawson, is the fact that if God has to intervene through supernatural means, for instance, mm-hmm. that tempestuous, uh, tri- uh, tr- you know, turbulent waters, and then followed by the whale, oh, not a whale, some large fish, as they mm-hmm. would say, that means it's serious mm-hmm. when God has to use those measures. So you can ignore God's calling, but if he has to come after you, there's a mission yeah. that he doesn't want you to turn from. But I think the way in which he comes after Jonah ultimately communicates to us that we could potentially have a false view of God, that the thing that he's calling us to do is like, oh, you know, oh, I don't have the ability to do it in my own strength. Like, I'm, I'm weak. I'm, I'm heavy laden. You know, I, 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 I'm unequipped. I, I don't have the ability to do this. But what God ultimately convinces Jonah of is, hey, it doesn't matter what you think of ability. Like, I, I'm going to do it through you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson, and my awesome co-host as well. That is Matthew. Matthew, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, good. good are you good. killing it? Living your best life? Living my best life compared to yesterday when I had that kind of wardrobe malfunction. With oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, these, these studio <laughs> headphones, they'll get you. But hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we have come to the point in which we will give you some, some answers this morning, guys. Absolutely. And we're going to start with going through what are Paul's letters called? Do you know the answer to that one, Matthew? That's not the disciples. It's the epistles. <laughs> yeah, it's, 
It's not the disciples, it's the epistles. That's right. And you have, you know, the epistle to the Galatians, the epistle to the Romans, the epistle to the Philippians or the Corinthians or the Colossians uh, or the Ephesians or whoever it may be. These were the letters that he wrote to the various different churches. The next one we have here, what is the last book of the Old Testament? And the answer to that one is Malachi. Malachi or, you know, Malachi, if you're Italian. Uh, it's, yeah, fantastic there. Fantastic book of Malachi, giving us the kind of final prophetic look into the, the state of Israel and Judah and whatnot, and amazing promises as well in the book of Malachi. Who did Jesus teach the Lord's Prayer to? Now, this one isn't to the epistles, but is to his disciples. His disciples, that's right. And, you know, they, they come to him. They see they see Jesus, right, doing these amazing miracles and whatnot. And he very clearly says, oh, this is this is a work of prayer. And, and they come to him, the disciples, they're like, wait, how do we pray like you, Jesus? And he responds with the Lord's Prayer, which is, yeah, I talked earlier about growing up, going to Christian schools. I went to Catholic primary school and do the Lord's Prayer, like, Every morning, you know, our Father and I in heaven, hallowed be the name of the kingdom. Like every single morning, we'd we'd recite the the Lord's prayer because it's powerful. Yeah. Um, but I think more so, Jesus didn't necessarily give it as just a hey, if you recite this, then you're all G. But rather as a model of prayer to pray that God would be with you during this day, to pray that God will provide for your needs, to pray that God will provide forgiveness, to pray for others. As well, and to pray that, uh, yeah, that ultimately the will of God would happen in, in on earth as it is in heaven, and that you'd be able to to follow it and live up to God's leading on this earth. Powerful stuff there with the Lord's Prayer. Next one here: What quality did Timothy uh, have that his grandmother and his mother also have as well? What was the quality? And the quality is unfeigned faith. Yes, true faith. They were faithful pre- people, 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 uh, who earnestly followed after the Lord. And that's like one of the, the things that, you know, one of the insights that Paul gives us when writing again a letter to Timothy. He says, oh, to Timothy, you know, I know your mother and your grandmother, and these are people of fantastic faith. And, you know, so you've been raised right. Like, that's what I know about you, Timothy. Then finally, here was the fill in the blank. Do you want to get that for us? Gladly. The answer is the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools are the blanks, the true sayings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was, is it? Is the quiet words? Yeah, Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 17, I believe so. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 and verse 17. Yeah, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of the ruler, of a ruler of fools. And, um, yeah, I mean, the, the quiet words of the wise, I, I think it's always that thing of, um, you can be a lot more concise and, and true. Uh, despite how loud you speak, you know, you can, you can say things that are correct. And I think it's often people who have incorrect information that are speaking up quite loudly to convince everyone around them that oh. what they're saying is true. There's even a quote that goes, there's one who, um, you know, he speaks all his mind and is esteemed a fool as opposed to one who quiets his mouth 
and he's received the favour of being a wise man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of ruler of fools. Hey, if you got those questions correct this morning, congratulations. Good work. Good job. Good hustle. You'll have more and more chances to enter into the draw. And obviously, you can keep playing the quiz throughout the week to get more and more chances to win our amazing prize for this week unveiling the kings of israel thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM